It is a great morning to be in God's house this morning, to be with brothers and sisters in Christ. I look forward to this every week just to get to, to see the bright, shiny faces of the people of, of Orchardville Church, Wednesday nights to come and be with a great group that meets for Bible study. It's just a wonderful, it's a wonderful time. You all are just wonderful people and, and uh, I just look forward uh, every time to get to come to this place, to be, to be with you and I hope that you feel the same way. Amen. Not necessarily about, about me, but just that you get to be with each other. Amen. It's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. And today we're going to talk about a disarmed enemy. A disarmed enemy. And we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And we will also be in 1 John chapter 3. I just want to make sure, I just want to make sure that I have everything spelled right on my slides today. Because the last time I was up here, without me knowing it, I had misspelled Jonah. And nobody told me until like a week later. So, so, thank, you, so thank you for your forthrightness. I appreciate that very, very much. A disarmed enemy. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4, they say this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or of the flesh, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. And 1 John 3, how quickly you can, you can get there. If you just want to listen, you can. If you can get there quickly. 1 John 3, verses 7 and 8 says this. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. And for this purpose, the Son of God came, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for this morning, for the opportunity to stand before your people, to present your word to your people. And Lord, I pray that this word today would, be, would, would come as an encouragement. I pray that this word would also sound an alarm. I pray, God, that above all, the name of Jesus would be high and lifted up and glorified, and that we would understand, dear God, that the promises that we have in Christ are secure. And that, Lord, we have a secure Savior. Speak through me the words that you would have me say today. That the name of Jesus would be lifted up. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today we need to see that our enemy is crafty. Today we need to see that our enemy knows our weaknesses. Today, we need to see that our enemy will attack us at our weakest point. How many believe that? You may be strong in some areas that the, that the enemy might not tend to gravitate towards, but the weak part, that weak point in our life, and for each one of us, it's, it's different. But the enemy knows this, and that at that weak point in our life, he will attack us. And we need to see today that our enemy, as crafty and as ruthless as he is, can be and is disarmed. Amen? Serious business? We better believe it. We better believe that this is serious business. There's a reason 
that Paul instructs us to put our full armor on, the full armor of God daily. Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 18 instructs us to put on the full armor of God. And it's also, it's also no wonder that he uses words like waging war, weapons of our warfare and destroying strongholds in 2 Corinthians 10. And for me, you know, I'm a, I'm a simple guy and, and chances are you're, you're pretty simple as well and just need it explained on a 101 level and that's the easiest way that we can grasp things and, and uh, you know, if, if, if you're head and shoulders above that, then, then I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna fulfill your, your need for knowledge this morning. But I love it when, when things are very easily uh, explained and I love it when things in the physical can help explain things in the spiritual. And there are so many uh, illustrations and lessons that we can learn in the, the physical that line up with, with the spiritual. And it's like a husband and wife. Uh, the picture of a husband and wife is, is a great way for us to understand the, the bride of Christ and the, and the groom. It's a, it's a good picture so we can see a healthy husband and wife and we can understand that we have the relationship with Jesus Christ that way. So they line up. And so, uh, and I say that just because I, I like things to be simple and easy to explain like that. Well, today, to help me talk about a disarmed enemy, I have asked one of our own to help uh, explain this. And this man has served in our country's military, and he currently serves as a policeman for the city of Mount Vernon. I want you to help me welcome to the stage, Mr. Alan Carr. Would you come and help me out? <laughs> Thank you, Alan, for coming and helping me out this morning. I, uh, this is, uh, you're a great example of the courage that to, to fight for our country and then also every day to put on the uniform to, uh, to serve our, our community. And so uh, I was thinking about what scripture says about the spiritual war that we are in and how it teaches us to disarm the trickery of the devil and and how it lined up with the training methods of the military and our, and our police. And so I have, just, I have a couple of questions that, that I'm going to ask. And yes, we've rehearsed this. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean I still won't make a mistake. <laughs> but I had these, I had these uh, I, ideas that I, that I thought were right, but I wasn't sure because I don't have that type of training. You know, but, but I, I thought these were maybe right. So I wanted to ask somebody who had the experience just to see if, if my ideas uh, were correct. So Alan, in a conflict, how do you disarm the enemy? Through superior training and by taking away his advantage. Okay, so through superior training and by taking away his advantage. And so the right training is, is vital. Would you, would you correct, say that correctly? Okay. So in conflict, if you sit down and decide to do nothing, what happens? Well, since we believe that the enemy is a skilled enemy, if we do nothing, then we'll most likely get killed in battle or possibly get somebody else killed. Wow, did you hear that? Yeah. You know, the battle, is, the battle is real. And if he decides not to do anything in a conflict... If he says, if somebody says, one Adam 12, one Adam 12. <laughs> and he decides to, to stay at the donut shop. 
<laughs> Somebody's going to get hurt. Yes. Somebody's going to get, and that your responsibility is right. to respond. And if you don't respond, there's a chance that somebody else could, somebody else could get, could get killed. Okay. So it's important. It's important to be, to be ready. Okay. Lastly, one last question for you. In warfare, when the enemy's tactics become known and his weapons removed, what happens? Well, he no longer has an advantage and then he is defeated. Okay, so, all right. So if we, if we take away his tactics yeah. and we take away his advantage or if his tactics become known, he's, he, becomes, he becomes disarmed and he no longer has, has the advantage. And so, uh, so a disarmed enemy is a defeated enemy. Yes. Is that correct? Okay, and if you take away his advantage, his tactics become ineffective. Correct. Yeah, that's correct in saying that. Okay, all right. Alan, thank you very much. All right, great job. Thank you. <laughs> it's important that we see it that way. You know, we see these things in, in the physical and we need to understand it's, it's really not any different in the spiritual. We fight a battle. We fight a battle that's, that's real every single day. And just some other, again, I, I like things very simple. And so uh, if I can look at them in, in practical everyday ways that, that I'm more familiar with, it even helps me, helps the message be driven home even better. You know, in, in baseball, you can take away a team's advantage with an intentional walk. Now, if you, understand, if you understand baseball a little bit, you know that an intentional walk is given when, when their best hitter comes up and the, has more of a chance to drive in a run with his bat. And so, well, we have a base open, first base is available. Let's just go ahead and put that guy on first. That way he's not a threat to drive in runs. That's taking away his advantage. I like tennis. And so a way to take away your opponent's advantage in tennis is you keep hitting the ball to his weak side. Most tennis players have a weaker backhand than they do a forehand. So keep pounding the ball to his backhand and you have a better chance of defeating your opponent. And in basketball, you, f- you foul a poor free throw shooter. We call it hack-a-shack, <laughs> if you know what that is. You know, Shaquille O'Neal, when he was playing, when he got the ball down underneath, he was going to score. But if you keep fouling him and put him on the line, he can't hit a free throw. So you take away his advantage by fouling him and putting him at the free throw line. It's a way we take away the advantage of our opponent. Preparation and commitment. I think it's safe to say that we prepare for battle the same way, no matter if it's, if it's physical or if it's spiritual. There's preparation. We know that our military and, and policemen are highly trained and prepared for physical conflict. So what does that say about us who are followers of Jesus, who are engaged in the spiritual battle every day? It's every day, folks, the spiritual battle that we fight. Are we training and are we preparing so that we are effectively using the tools God has provided and entrusted us with to defeat our spiritual enemy. Let me lay out the big picture for you here. This is the big picture because we're gonna talk about this battle that we, fight, that we face every day, the everyday battle. This is what Colossians 2.15 says. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Folks, listen, the war is won. The war that we have against the enemy is won. 
If we say yes to Jesus, if we say, yes, I'm a sinner, I have failed, I need forgiveness of my sins, I need to be restored to God. God, I'm sorry for what I have done, a sinner. Save, my, save me, save my soul. The enemy no longer has victory concerning sin over us because Jesus took care of sin once and for all on the cross. So that battle, we don't fight that battle every day. That battle is won in Christ Jesus. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus has forever defeated the devil concerning sin. Jesus paid that price for us. And the only way that Satan can claim victory over our lives is if we reject the free offer of salvation that is in Jesus. Amen? That is the only way Satan can claim victory over us. Praise God for that eternal gift that sets us free from the bondage and from the curse of sin. Amen? But how many of us know? And how many of us have experienced the fierceness and the heat of the spiritual battle in this life? How many of us have experienced the fierceness and the heat of the spiritual battle every day? I wanna see your hands. I wanna see your hands. How many overcomers do we have in this place today that says, I have experienced the fierceness and the heat of the battle every day? Satan wants to take you down. Satan wants to accuse you. Satan wants you to feel like that you are a failed Christian. Revelation 12 verse 10 calls Satan the accuser of the brethren. And thank God Romans 8, 1 and 2 says there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set us free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. That's the truth. That's the truth. We know that the war is won, but the battles within the war are fierce. And that's where we fight the battle every day. They'll knock you down, so we must train and we must be prepared, or we will live our lives as defeated and beaten down. You know somebody who's lives their life as defeated and beaten down? You know those types? Maybe, maybe you've lived that way. So this morning, let's look at four ways to disarm the enemy in our lives. Number one, know God's word. When Jesus was being tempted by the devil in Matthew chapter four, what did he do? He used scripture to disarm him. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. With each temptation, Jesus said, it is written. And what was the result after Jesus stood against Satan with God's word? What was the result? Matthew chapter four, verse 11 says this, then the devil left him. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We must resist the devil in the right way. Resist the devil with God's word. 
Satan thought he could twist the word of God with Jesus. How much more do you think he will twist God's word with, with you and me? And if we don't know God's word, if we don't know the right context of God's word, Amen. he might say something to us and we might, like, well, sounds like God's word to me. <laughs> when we speak the authority and the truth of God's word to him, he is disarmed. Amen. 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 There should be no mystery to us as to why Pastor Mark Shell on a regular basis told us, read two chapters a day. Amen. Why would he say that? Well, because he knew that that was, that helps us fight our battle every day. Psalm 119 is all about knowing, studying, loving, and applying God's word. I encourage you to read Psalm 119 again and again and again. A love for God's word and his, his statutes. Know God's word. Number two, pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians 5.17, I believe it is. That's exactly what it says. It's one of the shortest verses in scripture. Pray without ceasing. In Matthew 26, Jesus was in the garden praying and his disciples were having trouble staying awake. So he told them to watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Why? Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. There's not a single one of us in here that doesn't struggle with, with a quality prayer life. Every one of us do. If you don't st struggle with prayer life, boy, I want to be your best friend. <laughs> I really do. And it's, a, it's an area of my life lately that God has convicted me to pray with intensity. Because I, con I consider myself one that, that prays consistently and constantly as I, go my, as I go my way. You all do that. Just these little thank you Jesuses and, and uh, I love you Jesus and, and I know you have my back Jesus and, and uh, um, you know help so and so today Jesus. But there's a battle that is around us that should, that should encourage us and cause us to step forward and increase the intensity of our prayer life. The Bible says that Jesus arose early and went off to pray as was his custom. What a great example for us. Take the word of God and pray it. There are so many scriptures that you could just use as a prayer. Take the Lord's prayer and personalize it. James 5.16 says, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. power. There's power that comes in that time of prayer that we have with God. And it's not only the, the, the power, but just the spiritual confidence, I'll call it, of being in God's presence, pressing in. The Bible says to press in with confidence, with boldness into the presence of God. Those things, we, we, can't, we can't take that for granted. We can't be slack in entering into God's presence with bold prayer. Fervent prayer will disarm the enemy in your life. Number three, I'm gonna take a big drink of water for this one. 
fasting. People say, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Fast. Fast. The enemy will be disarmed in such a major way in your life if you will sacrifice a meal here or there and get in God's presence and bring these things to God. The enemy will be disarmed in your life if you fast. And you don't have to fast for 21 days or 40 days or seven days. Skip a meal every now and then. Skip a meal and spend that time in God's word. Spend that time in prayer, seeking God, coming boldly into his presence. In Matthew 17, Jesus rebuked his disciples because of their lack of faith in healing a demon-possessed boy. They wanted to know why their prayers of healing didn't work. And they asked, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. It's power. There's power. There's power in fasting. And I can, I can tell you this from, from my own experience, I have never felt closer to God and more alive in my spirit than when I am denying my body what it wants most, forsaking that and just relying on God and being in his presence. There's nothing like it, nothing. There is nothing like it. Those of you that have experienced it, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Unless your health depends on it, skipping a meal or two on occasion will disarm the enemy in your life. Number four, share your testimony. Revelation 12, verse 11 says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. When you have an opportunity to tell someone about the goodness of God in your life, I hope that you will take every opportunity to do so. When Jesus healed people, they couldn't help but, but go and talk about it. Even if he said, now don't go and say anything to anybody, they couldn't keep quiet. They couldn't help but talk about what Jesus had done for them. In Acts chapter four, when Peter was, stop, was told to stop preaching in the name of Jesus, he said, sorry, that ain't gonna happen. For we cannot help speak of what we have seen and heard. I love that. How about you and me? How about you and me? What's God done for you? I know, I know way too many times I clam up When I can't help but speak what I have seen and heard. Our words are powerful. Our words are powerful to curse and our words are powerful to heal. Share your testimony to disarm the enemy in your life. Never forget that for those who are in Christ, there is no condemnation. By condemnation, we might, we might think, well, that means nobody's gonna talk, talk down to me. They're not gonna condemn me. They're not, they're not, they're not gonna tell me I'm, I'm foolish. Well, that doesn't, that's, that's not what that means. Because you'll get that. 
in Christ, I am no longer condemned to hell. In Christ, I cannot be condemned to spend eternity separated from God. In Christ, my future is secured. And no man and no enemy can condemn me to be separated from God. That's why the Bible says that there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Never forget that through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that our victory over Satan is certain and it is secured and that he is completely disarmed concerning the power of sin in our lives if we have said yes to Jesus. The enemy concerning sin If you have given your life to Jesus, the enemy is already disarmed concerning sin in your life. But the Bible says those who have rejected Jesus are already condemned. If you have rejected Jesus this morning, if you have yet to let him in, if you have yet to confess to him that you are a sinner, that you need to repent, if you have not done that and you are still in your sin, then the devil has power over you and that you are lost and you are condemned in your sin. And he is not disarmed. He has full control over you. So the invitation today is to to come and disarm the enemy concerning sin in your life. Come with the understanding that you are a sinner if you, don't, if you don't think that you're a sinner, then you're deceived. Because I am a sinner. You are a sinner. Everyone is a sinner because of Adam. It goes all the way back there. If you're born and in this world, you're a sinner. And the Bible says that it is not, it's not his will that any should perish, but that all will come to salvation in Christ Jesus. So today, the invitation, the first invitation is is to come. The first part of the invitation is is to come and disarm the enemy concerning sin in your life. Don't let him control you any longer. And second of all, understand that the battle is real every day. We who have overcome, we who have had the enemy disarmed in our life concerning sin because of Jesus, we still face the battle every day. And if you're facing a battle in your life, whether it be uh, a need of healing, whether it be an emotional thing you're, you're dealing with, a family thing, whatever it, it may be, and the enemy is, is eating your lunch with it, come. Come be surrounded by people who will, will pray for you and go to battle for you. The purpose of us coming to this place is to, pre- to prepare for battle. We come to this place to prepare, to, be, to get equipped. The purpose for, for church leaders is to equip you to face the daily battle with the enemy of your soul. So I hope today you'll take advantage of the, of the support that's here, the truth of God's word, which you can completely lean into and, and depend our, our whole life on the truth and the authority of God's word. 
Are you prepared? Let's pray. Thank you, dear God. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you, Lord, that the ultimate battle, the war is won. But the battles that we fight every day are real. And just as our military and our policemen, they, they prepare for the conflicts that they, will, that they will face. Lord, we need to prepare for the spiritual battle that we are in every day. The Holy Spirit, we give you complete and full reign in this place. That you will convict of sin. Lord, that you will draw those to you who, who need to come for salvation. Holy Spirit, will you draw them? Will, they, will you draw them? Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.